Hey, this is Thor from Cybrary. If you've been enjoying the Cybrary podcast or one of our other series like 401 Access Denied or Go For It with Sarah Moffat, then make sure to like, follow, or subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cybrary.it and you could be featured in a future episode. From all of us at Cybrary, thank you and enjoy the show. Ever wondered what it was really like to be a hacker? Is there more to dark web policing than what meets the eye? In this episode of the Cybrary Podcast, ethical hacker and Cybrary instructor Clint Kerr tells the story of his law enforcement career transition from the streets to the web. Gain insights from the conversation on failing up networking and mentoring in the cybersecurity industry. Welcome back to the Cybery Podcast, everybody. Today, we are doing another instructor spotlight today, talking to Clint Kerr. How are you doing today, Clint? Good. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for coming on and speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, well, to get started, kind of jumping in, um, how long have you been in the cybersecurity industry? It's a good question and not one that's easily answered because um, I was actually in law enforcement uh, prior to being in uh, cybersecurity full time. Uh, I started my career as a police officer, a city police officer, and then became a federal agent. Um, And then while I was a federal agent, I started to get involved in liking cyber investigations, which, of course, Being in law enforcement uh, nowadays, you can't hide from the fact that criminals are using things like Facebook and Instagram and other online platforms. And I had to get really smart at that. And I liked it so much that I joined uh, what was once the cyber intel branch uh, in the government agency I worked for. And about two weeks into that, uh, I was asked to start doing dark web cases. Wow. And uh, a lot of fun, things I can't really talk about. Um, But Doing that, I had to get more technical, uh, especially because, you know, the dark web deals with things like the Tor browser. It deals with encrypted communication. It deals with encrypted email um, and things that, you know, if you're in forensics, uh, there's kind of a difference between being uh, operational, like I was doing and and being in forensics and, and kind of trying to merge the two of those worlds together. And all the while I'm studying this kind of stuff, um, I start taking an interest in more of the offensive security side of things, more of the hacking side of things. Um, And I I think you'll see some agents, you know, write books about being in a biker gang and things like that. And I I really liked, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time on the dark web and being on the dark web and and really enjoyed the hacking part of that. So much so that um, I started taking these certification exams. So I took the CEH as an agent, which, uh, you know, was was a good kind of beginning into cybersecurity. And then I heard about the OSCP and I thought like, oh, I got I have CEH, I could go take OSCP, which is a very hands-on test. And realized very quickly that I was completely out of my element. So while I was doing this, um, I started to get more education and certifications. My my goal was to attack things in two ways to get into cybersecurity. It was to um, not only get you know, a classical education, get a master's degree, get graduate certificates, but also to get a lot of certifications. Um, because I think a lot of people that want to get into this industry might have the issue where they say, you know, you don't have the experience to get in. Well, how, how do you 
what angles can you take if you're brand new to cybersecurity? Mm-hmm. And my thought was, well, hey, people are going to say you've been a cop. You know, you're just a cop. Um, so my goal was to get the education, make the connections, and also get the certifications. So while I was doing this, I was going to graduate school uh, at Carnegie Mellon University and uh, took a course on offensive penetration testing. And in that, really enjoyed the aspects of that. It it was interesting because I took two courses, uh, one after the other. One was network defenses, which taught me the the blue team defender side. And one was the, the, the penetration testing side. And I really gravitated towards the pen testing side because to me, it was like this big puzzle. Like basically the professors kind of mimicked it off OSCP where they're like, here's an environment, hack it. And you literally had to hack it to pass the, the, the course. Um, so I loved it and uh, tried it for OSCP, failed it. Um, and then basically, you know, started to take all these labs and decided to leave the government and leave law enforcement and, and become a, you know, more involved in cybersecurity. I, I went from doing dark web stuff for the government to doing dark web stuff for uh, a private company, and, but still really wanted to get into offensive security and then pivoted to the company I'm at now doing more of the offensive security side of things. So in pen testing, we talk about lateral movement. This, this was kind of, of doing that was, you know, you know, doing reconnaissance, finding what I liked, um, and then kind of going for the career path that I wanted, not directly, mm-hmm. but kind of making these like incremental leaps into what I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, just talking about your history, I mean, going back, I mean, you said, you know, starting as a police officer and then going, you know, becoming a federal agent and then going and starting in the dark web, like, you know, to a, a layman person, I mean, working in the dark web sounds like you're already way into, you know, you've been doing cybersecurity for years. And, you know, to hear that that's kind of how you got your start and that's what started piquing your interest in these other things is really is really interesting. Um, was it just kind of, I guess, you know, you can't really talk about, but what you were working on and you just kind of noticed like this is where things were going or just kind of piqued your interest and you just wanted to know how to do some of the things that, you know, maybe your other colleagues were doing that you just didn't know how to do yet? So, I, I mean, it was a relatively new space. I mean, Silk Road had happened and was taken down, but this was kind of the time after Silk Road where there were other marketplaces that popped up like Nucleus and Agora, which, you know, if, if you don't know a lot about the dark web, those names don't mean much. But if, if you've been around for a while, you know, th- those were kind of the marketplaces that that took hold after Silk Road. And, and for the agency that I was working for at the time, this was all brand new stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was really no one I could turn to. I mean, it, as law enforcement, you know, we were all trying to work together, figuring out how, how did, you know, what Bitcoin and PGP and encryption and, and public keys and private keys and wallets and things like that. This was all kind of new to us. So, you know, unlike I think the industry now, especially in the offensive side where there, there's so many resources, there weren't really that many resources. And then I was asked to teach about this stuff in a pretty short period of time. Mm. And, and here I am brand new to, to this world, trying to teach other people how to do it. And I was very fortunate um, doing, you know, getting kind of my feet held to the fire by, by getting onto the dark web so quickly and trying to learn as much as I could, um, is I, I went over to Europol and, and tried to teach them about the dark web and, you know, using virtual machines and setting them up. And, and I think the greatest compliment in trying to teach them all about this and technology was they started to form their own units. And, you know, they came back and said, thanks for all this great training. Now I'm in charge of the unit in my country. 
on dark web and we're, you know, we're, we're arresting people. And, and it was a great compliment, you know, and, and I was just, you know, I was, I was brand new to all this and, and trying to learn as much as I could. So there was definitely a huge learning curve for me and, and, and going into this, you know, I thought I was technically savvy, but I think you'll hear a lot of people who are, have been in the industry and, and wise to this, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So I might've thought like back then I knew some really good stuff. But really, I could I wasn't even scratching the surface. And, and still, I mean, still, I'm not even scratching the surface. I, I know way more than I did then. But, you know, you have to kind of be brave enough, I think, in this industry to fail. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I talk about this in my course, that if you're not someone that's used to failing or not good at failing, you know, this might not be the, the industry or, you know, offensive security might not be the thing for you. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at Twitter the other day. I think it was a bug bounty hunter. And, uh, you know, it just said like, you know, he's trying to hack something. He's like, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm a genius. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> because, you know, it's just, it's that one thing, you know, you mm-hmm. fail a hundred times and you get it the one, you get it right once. Yeah. Um, and that's to say I've spent hours on a payload, you know, I've, I've spent hours trying to execute, you know, cross-site scripting because, you know, the WAS filtering it and, and, you know, it, it, it it's very tricky. But, you know, after five hours, I can, you know, execute cross a scripting payload. And, and, you know, when you look back and you say that took me five hours, that, that was crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did that take me so long? But you feel so good when you get it. I mean, that, that's, that's why I do this. I think that's why a lot of people uh, do pen testing um, or like cybersecurity is because they, they kind of have that passion for, for the job. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting uh, coming in. And thinking like, oh, I know some stuff. And then, like you said, I mean, the more you learn, the more you realize, like, I, I don't know. There's so much more that I don't know that I know. I might be an expert in this one tiny little area and maybe not an expert in that, but that one area deals with all of this other stuff that I couldn't speak on if I tried. You know, the, there's so much out there in the industry. I mean, there's so many different little pockets and teams and things here and there that um, it's it's just giant. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, and you talked about kind of when you, you started, um, that first course, uh, I can't remember what you said it was. And you, you jumped in, you're like, Oh, I think I'm going to do okay. And then you have all these labs and then you realize you're immediately out of your element. You know, how did you kind of get past that? Was that something that you were ready for? Or you just kind of had to deal with as it came up? Yeah, I was talking about OSCP and, and, you know, I just passed the CEH, which is a at the time was a multiple choice test. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think they have a practical uh, side of it as well. But even just connecting to the lab environment, I mean, they use OpenVPN, um, you, you know, you connect to their virtual environment, like, and then you ping a host. You know, to me, that was like, wow, this, this is, you know, <laughs> this is tough. And that's when I started to realize like, hey, I need to get savvy. I need, I need to get a lot smarter at this. Like being, being a hacker is, is not like the movies and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that nice graphical user interface and you're going through the Gibson. This is all like administrator stuff, like system admin, network admin. Um, that, that is very helpful. And, and, you know, even people that have worked the help desk can, you know, have a, have had a step up over, over me mm-hmm. because, you know, they're used to configuring things. And, and, you know, ultimately as a pen tester, you're thinking like a network administrator instead of, but instead of protecting things or, or you know, configuring things to, to help, you, you know, you're trying to, you know, take down firewalls or, you know, disable firewalls or, 
do do things maliciously or, or check things so that you can see if an exploit works. Yeah. Um, so having that background, uh, you know, even just starting as, as a help desk technician um, it is definitely a leg up over people like me who came strictly from a completely different industry. Uh, and, and really, it wasn't until I went to Carnegie Mellon and, and took this course that, you know, I had the confidence to try this again. Um, and, and really I credit my professors with their ability to, you know, kind of give you enough to pass that, that test, that online lab environment, Mm -hmm. um, but not give you everything. And and like I said, there was that network defense course that I took, which was kind of, you know, formulaic. It was like, here's the lab guide, you know, follow step one, two, three, four, five. Whereas the, the offensive security side was, you know, Figure it out. And I think I talked about like that, that joy I felt, like the joy I felt when I finally got a shell, when I got the first shell in a box um, was like, I got so excited. I like jumped up and, and you know, yelled. My wife came in and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm great. Like I just got a shell and she's looking at the screen at like, you know, the command prompt. And she's like, what are, what are, what's so uh, exciting? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like the matrix. I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it, yeah. I mean, it, it's it it's, it was that moment I think when I really knew like this is what I want to make my career into. Mm-hmm. And although I failed OSCP after that, um, it really drove me forward. Like my failure drove me. I've heard like the the saying "fail forward," but really, like it helped me fail forward. Like I joined Hack the Box, and I started to take labs, and I started to get more. I started to get more involved in the community. Yeah, and started to make friends and connections, and and that's when I think I gained enough confidence at that point um, to take it again, and and eventually passed the OSCP, um, which again was a great feeling. Um, but that's when I felt like, hey, you know, I, I I I'm I can call myself a hacker, but then actually getting a job being a hacker uh, taught me that I didn't really know that much. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's a good lesson is like understanding, you know, you fail, you failed OSCP the first time. And then that just gave you more motivation to go out, learn, meet people, get advice, what you should do, and then go back and take it again. Um, you know, do you have advice for people trying to get into the industry now, whether it's in kind of an offensive space like you or, you know, something different? I mean, people probably have heard this a lot, but, you know, connections, LinkedIn, I, you know, working for the government, I was very shy of LinkedIn and I I was a reservist and kind of the work that I did, especially being on the dark web, right? Like, you know, I I don't want my name out there. Yeah. It's not something usually shout from the rooftops, like, guess what I do all day, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. So, I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, now I try to help service members and people who want to transition into this world. And I, you know, my first question is, do you have a LinkedIn account? Because, you know, I, that's kind of, I think, the, the feeding ground for for making these connections and, and where you meet a lot of people. But that's not to say that's the be all end all. I, I mean, there's plenty of other, you know, like Hack the Box has has forums, um, Offensive Security has forums, um, you know, even you know LinkedIn groups. You know, if you pass a, a GAC exam, um, you know they they have this community and don't be shy about reaching out to people. And that's not to say everyone I reached out to got back to me. There, there were people that like, sure, I'll help you. And then I never heard from them again. Um, but it's, it's the ability to kind of find a mentor and I don't know if latch on is the right term, but, but, you know, 
have them guide you on on things, but not, you know, get get different perspectives because like you, you said, there's so many different career paths. I mean, how how do you tell someone just starting out, you know, what they're going to like? And, you know, being in it, you see there's so many different things, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, there's red team, there's purple team, there's blue team, there's cyber threat intelligence. Mm-hmm. There, there's more of the risk, you know, the risk management, the control side of it, the, the policy, the, you know, the, there's so many different avenues that people can take. And, you know, how, how do you really know what you like? And, and for me, I think I go back to that moment where I got the shell and I'm like, I definitely want to be a pen tester, a hacker, red yeah. team is what excites me. So I don't, I don't know if everyone has that moment that, that I had, but um, I think definitely going to school and, and studying all these different kind of job uh, or career paths mm-hmm. definitely helped me figure out what I liked and what I didn't like as much. Yeah. I mean, that definitely helps. I've said it on this podcast multiple times. So sorry, listeners, but like the, the industry is so big, like technically you and me work in cybersecurity and our jobs couldn't be any different. Um, I guarantee I could not do your job and you could probably do mine pretty good. So it's, you know, there is something out there for everyone, like what you're interested in or something that makes you a little different might make you better suited for one type of role than another. Um, you know, like you're talking about attacking and stuff. If that's what you're interested in, then yeah, you want to be on the offensive side. You want to be attacking instead of defending. But, you know, you might just like to, you know, be the person who admins everything or actually set it up or be on the defensive side. I mean, there's so many different uh, avenues and everything that uh, you're able to take. Um, so switching gears a little bit to your current role, what is your current role? What do you, what's your kind of day-to-day look like? If you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't really say who I work for. I work in the financial services industry and, um, you know, work. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn, but uh, definitely on the offensive side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely on the offensive side. I mean, I do I, I do work for Cyberry uh, part time. So uh, more, you know, on the offensive side, I've created, a, 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 you know, the offensive pen testing course. Um so that's definitely where where my skill set has gone to, mm-hmm. and and the area that I enjoy doing, um, and definitely have seen all this. You know, I, I don't want to say all the sides of cybersecurity, but uh, you know, where I work now definitely has all those different components that we talked about. You know, red team, purple team, blue team, cyber threat intel. You know, whatever you can think of with cybersecurity, it's there, yeah. and you know. I, I, I think that it's great that companies that do this, just hypothetically speaking, um, have programs where people, can, especially people right out of grad school or undergrad, can kind of move around to different functions within within cybersecurity. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there is the possibility that somebody can go and join a company and kind of move through the different areas of cybersecurity, and I think it's great for companies that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to see what what people like and where their skill sets are, um, because again, I think it's really hard when you just start out in this industry to know what you like. Because yeah, yeah it'd sorry. be hard to yeah, it'd be hard to pick out like oh, that's what I want to do without really having all the knowledge and everything that goes along with it or what that role might entail. Yeah, I, I mean, I did cyber threat intel for you know under a year, and I can tell you doing that. I mean, it, it was it was fine, and it was kind of a world that I had been in uh, previously. Mm-hmm. But 
it wasn't what brought me joy in, in life. It, it wasn't yeah. something that I, <laughs> I was like every day I woke up and I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to do cyber threat Intel for, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I think it was good to have that experience. Okay. Um, well, talking about what you do want to do for the rest of your life, what is a, a typical day like for you? You know, what are you spending your time on or what, you know, things kind of pop up that you have to deal with? Um, I mean, for, for me being involved in the community there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different groups I'm part of. I'm part of, uh, hacking is not a crime. Um, so I am involved in kind of more of the outreach. Uh, I do, you know, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at B-Sides Nova. So plug for that. Um, you know, kind of doing an offensive security talk. Um, I, I really think in giving back to the community, you know, obviously that's why, I wanted to create the course here is because I like teaching, but I also want to give back. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, the, you know, the push in, in what I do, you know, day to day is if I see something interesting, you know, is teaching that, um, you know, obviously I, I don't teach it outside my company, but um, is teaching it to other people, you know, and it's not just the red team that I want involved, you know, it's the blue team. It's, it's the people that fix things because, Really, in general, um, if we're talking about the offensive side, you know, red teaming, pen test, you know, we're 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 a, a small function in the in, in you know the larger process. So, mm-hmm. you know, our goal is to make the organization safer. It's it's great to break things; it's a lot of fun. But you're not doing your job if you can't recommend and help an organization fix its vulnerabilities. So, you know, being able to break things, being really good at breaking things, is not going to make you a great pen tester. You know, there is that customer focus. And that not only goes for, I think, consulting, because if you're a consultant, yes, you're definitely customer focused. But if you work for an organization on a pen test team, you need to be able to speak to people as well. And that's where I think, you know, in in cybersecurity, the soft skills and the hard skills or technical skills, if you even want to call it that, um, come into play. Because you know, I think people kind of have this idea of, you know, IT people, you know, are introverts and don't like to speak to people. And and that can be very true, but you also need to work on those interpersonal, that, those communication skills, because I can be a really good hacker, but if I can't communicate and I can't tell someone how to fix a vulnerability, then I'm not going to be very good at my job. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. good technically, but I'm not good holistically. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something good to kind of touch on is that even in those technical roles, you do sometimes need those soft skills. You know, you do need to be able to talk to, you know, different people or people that aren't in, you know, your department. You might have to explain to somebody from a different team at your company what is going on and they might have zero technical background and, you know, being able to impart that knowledge to them or make them at least understand sort of what is going on is a a huge plus for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is that stereotype just like the hacker is with the hoodie and dark that everyone's kind of an introvert and you know nobody likes to talk to you know anybody but i mean you go to one cybersecurity conference and you see it's almost the exact opposite everybody's super friendly and nice and going out of their way to help each other so um it's always nice i think when people kind of bring that up um as something else to to think about or, or work on at least that's why I didn't wear my hacking hoodie today. Cause I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a funny image. And you and I talked about this earlier, but, um, you know, before, before the show started, but, uh, cause I didn't have my hacker hoodie on, but it, it's, I think it's good to personify that hackers are just, just anybody. I mean, you know, yeah. 
and any anyone it, it's not you know ha- i hear hacking so much in the news media and i'm like you're using the term wrong and i talk about this in my course as well is that you know hacking the term the, the name has gotten such a bad rap and and mm-hmm. hacking from its inception was never a negative thing it was someone who's curious about technology uh um which you know, I'm trying to turn that around in the organization I'm part of. We're trying to turn that that around. Um, not to say that hoodies are, are are not uncomfortable. I mean, I love yeah. wearing hoodies and, yeah. and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you don't need to fit a certain, you know, evil, you know, have your gloves on, have your hood on uh, yep. stereotype to be a hacker. And anyone can be a hacker. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you talked about wanting to to give back and kind of imparting knowledge. I mean, is that kind of what brought you to Cyberry? I see your your Cyberry shirt. I'm not wearing mine. Uh, shame on me. But is that kind of what made you want to work here and just kind of start creating courses? You know, truth be told, you know, I, I was contacted on LinkedIn about the opportunity. And, um, you know, at first I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. I mean, I, I enjoyed teaching when I was in law enforcement. I, you know, I enjoyed presenting. And, uh, you know, people talk about imposter syndrome and things like that. And I'm like, why does Cyberry want me to talk about, you know, to, to make a hacking course? I mean, I, I love it. Um, but am I the right guy? Am I, am I the subject matter expert in this? Um, and I'm a very hands-on guy. And I think that was like the OSCP mentality is where I went from there is I started to make labs. Mm-hmm. And I started to make labs for another organization. And I really enjoyed... Uh, making these labs. And I'm like, you know, I, and I really enjoyed teaching people. And I kind of missed that aspect from my prior job of, of teaching people. So it's like, if I can mix those things together, if I can mix the lab making, the teaching people um, and, and helping people, you know, cause you know, I, I think being in law enforcement and taking personality tests, like I'm, I'm the guardian personality type. I, I genuinely want to want to help people. And, and it's funny, you know, kind of in a way teaching people how to hack things you're teaching you know you're you're giving people with great power comes great responsibility right Mm -hmm. so you're giving people knowledge on how to break things and and you're hoping that they're doing things you know legally and and with good intentions um and and i assume good of people even though i worked in law enforcement for (laughs) for 14 years uh seeing a lot of different types of people but you know if i can help yeah, the greatest compliment to me when I was in law enforcement, especially when I was a street cop, is is I did have the opportunity where where people, in a couple occasions, came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, you saved my life," which, you know, would it makes me t- take a step back and and yeah. you know miss miss that. You know, I'm not saving people's lives, but if I'm safeguarding my company, if I'm sa- you know helping people safeguard theirs, mm-hmm. then ultimately I'm I'm contributing to that you know, that, that greater collective cybersecurity good. And I would hope that people who are taking courses in, at Cyberry and are involved in Cyberry have that same kind of objective in mind. I think, I think you know, we're all defenders. If, if you're in cybersecurity, even though if you're a red team, you know, you are a defender in the end. You're, you're, you're helping people defend their networks. So mm-hmm. it's having that drive um, to also be a, a defender, uh, it, that that public good, that public, you know, looking out for people, that guardian nature helps you in this industry or, or should be an impetus to get into this industry. Yeah. I mean, kind of continuing to pay it forward. Um, you know, what you're talking about is just, you know, you, you, you're just trying to kind of give back and help and you understand, I mean, especially working in law enforcement and the dark web, I'm sure you've seen 
um, the terrible side of people, but just knowing that, you know, there are good people out there and just trying to help the next generation get ready for, you know, the next thing that, you know, might be coming for, uh, in the industry, at least. Um, what course do you currently have on Cyberry or courses do you currently have on Cyberry? So I have the offensive penetration testing course now, and I, I'll be coming out with more content, uh, later. I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away because we're still okay. in the inception still of creating, it. Yeah. <laughs> still creating. Um, but you know, that's to say that, that being in partnership, you know, it's not just me creating offensive security type things. It's also working with the other subject matter experts and instructors, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the offensive side to make more holistic courses to, to bring into that, you know, that bring into the blue team piece what the red team is thinking. And also for me, to think about what the blue team is thinking. So, so that it's more, you know, I know purple team is the concept now. I, I think of it as holistic security, but you know, it's not, it's not just, uh, you know, in, in the Intel world, we call it stovepiping. We want to get out of stovepiping. We want to be able to see things from as many angles as possible. And I, I think that's very important when creating a course is to have different perspectives in there. Yeah. And I mean, we're definitely, uh, I know you've been talking with some of the other uh, SMEs and, and Will, especially on some of the stuff we're looking to create. So definitely stay tuned, everybody. Um, but uh, can't really talk about it now. The things we can talk about, um, <laughs> your offensive penetration penetration testing course, can you give me a little like insight onto kind of what you go over, a little overview of that course? Sure. So, I mean, it's really focused on um, the certifications that are more hands-on. Uh, so it, it's, it's more geared towards OSCP. Uh, it's more geared towards, you know, maybe eLearn Securities, ECPPT, uh, and maybe even EJPT, more, more of the, you know, I need to hack into a network and write a report about it. So, I mean, the, the, the big thing being OSCP is the, the big hands-on test everyone thinks about. So I would say it's more geared towards that world um, and, and kind of walks you through how, you know, how to write a report, which is, you know, part of these exams, which is a very important part of the exam. Yeah. Um, as well as the, of course, the technical skills, right? You know, how, how to scan a network, find vulnerabilities, enumerate, you know, different protocols, SMB, FTP, NFS, um, and, and all the different ports that they're on and things like that. So it's not really a memorization test course. Um, it, it's really, really, really geared towards getting your hands on the keyboard. And, and that's, a, you know, in part of the course are these labs. So it's, it's not just me speaking to you, which I think can get a little tiring, uh, even hearing my own voice. But <laughs> the, other, the other part of that being that, um, that people get the opportunity to get, the hands, get their hands on keyboard and figure out what these concepts are and prove to themselves that, that they can do this, that, that they have these hands-on skills or have learned enough to do the hands-on skills. Uh, and if they have some struggles, you know, I do full walkthroughs after, after these labs. Um, but it's really being able to demonstrate these techniques that I'm trying to help people with. And I even say at the end, at the course, you know, much, much to cyber chagrin is don't expect to pass OSCP just from taking this course, because we talked about this earlier, part of the journey is failure. And mm-hmm. if you, if you take my course and pass OSCP on the first try, please let me know. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, 
But, you know, I think it's part of the journey of, of going for OSCP and these other hands-on tests uh, it is that failure piece and then figuring out what you're weak in and then, you know, keep exploring and, and keep trying harder. As was off-sex says try harder. I say try smarter, but, you know, it, it's, it's, I think, a, a bit of both. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you said is including those labs and stuff in your course, making sure that people are actually getting some, some practice on, you know, what you're teaching them, what you're going over. Cause I mean, like you said, yeah, I mean, the odds of you passing OCP the first time by yourself probably aren't very good, but if you didn't have any of those labs and stuff, it's probably way less close to zero. I would think of, you know, if you haven't practiced any of this stuff before and you're doing it for the first time for an exam, probably not the way you want to go about doing it. Um, is there anything that people should know before taking your course? Like is any kind of prereq type things like they should at least know how to do X, Y, Z? Yeah, I would say don't be like me when I took, you know, <laughs> registered for offensive security and had issues, you know, connecting to the, uh, the VPN environment. Um, definitely have, I, I talk a little bit about command line, but you definitely need to have strong command line skills. And that, you know, that as a pen tester, the command lines, what I live in, uh, a lot of the time, most of the day. So, you know, be comfortable with that. Um, you know, I think people might get frustrated if, if they're not familiar and they just jump in the course and, you know, they learn a few tricks with the command line. But really, I think the benefit that I had and I, you know, the training that I got initially was from the DOD, it was from the Defense Cyber Investigation Training Academy, DECIDA. And they had very hands-on instruction, very hands-on courses and that's what kind of got me more and more and more comfortable. So the more hands-on, whether it be labs, whether it be, you know, whatever, it, I know Cyber has lots of lab environments that you can do. The more hands-on labs command line you can do before this course, uh, the better. And I also talk about, you know, Network Plus, Security Plus. Networking is very important too, because, right, you're on a network hacking into yep. a, a system on the network and scanning things on the network. Um, so an, an idea of networking, not, not social networking, but yeah. <laughs> networking, uh, that's another course. Uh, is yeah, having some of the, that base knowledge. Yeah. I don't think we have a social networking course. That might be something I could teach actually. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bring it all back to LinkedIn. Boom. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good that, you know, all kind of the, the hands-on stuff and making sure that people know that. And then having a base knowledge of, you know, the, like you said, Network Plus, Security Plus, just so you understand some of the concepts and, you know, so you're not just kind of jumping into the deep end, um, as it were. Um, kind of jumping the now, deep end. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you do. Sometimes it's fun in the deep end, but, you know, sometimes you also get over your head and um, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I definitely felt that way, yeah. Um, yeah, again, and like you, you mentioned uh, a little earlier, imposter syndrome, it, it happens to everybody. Um, if somebody tells you they don't get imposter syndrome, they're either lying or the most confident person on earth. Um, not a bad quality either, but, uh, I mean, everybody has kind of that feeling that you're in over your head or you don't know what you're doing yet. Um, that's just part of life, I think. Um, so, you know, don't let that detract you from, you know, doing something that you might really enjoy. Um, well, Clint, yeah, thanks for your time. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask, uh, do you have any, you know, you, you mentioned Twitter and LinkedIn. Do you have any other social accounts or social accounts you want to share that people might be able to reach out to you or ask questions if uh, they take your course? Sure. I, I mean, I've already had people reach out to me on LinkedIn. So apparently I'm easily fi easily findable <laughs> on LinkedIn, which, you know, I, 
LinkedIn's now my Facebook. You know, I've, I've converted from Facebook to LinkedIn. So yeah. uh, I, I would say LinkedIn's probably the, the best way to get a hold of me. You know, I've, I've tried to help out a few people. Actually, one person that uh, had some questions, and, and I appreciate the people who have reached out with, with the compliments. I really, I really enjoy hearing feedback. And that's to say, you know, these cor- the course is, is always a work in progress. You know, if, if people have suggestions on how to make it better, I'm all ears because, you know, I'm not an expert uh, in anything. I like to think of myself more of as a generalist in cybersecurity. So, and also teaching, you know, that's a skill in and of itself. Like I said, it could be a great pen tester, but, you know, if I want to be a teacher, if I want to help other people learn about it, that's another skill set that I definitely need to work on. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm all ears if people want to hit me up on LinkedIn. All right. It's, It's Clint Care. There's there's a Clinton care, kind of looks like me, uh, but um, but is not me. So Clint, uh, even though my full name's Clinton, uh, it, I go by Clint. Okay, that's a good distinction to make. I've definitely tried to look people up on LinkedIn before and not gotten the right person. <laughs> uh, it does happen. So <laughs> hopefully Clinton care appreciates appreciates that. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like some architect or something. He's like, why are people asking me these cybersecurity questions? Right. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, all right, Clint, thank you uh, for your time uh, again and for you know teaching with us at Cybrary. Uh, I know your course is uh, definitely uh, really popular so far and uh, looking forward to all the other content that uh, you're currently working on with us. So thank you. Thanks, Thor. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.